0: Welcome back to The Dad Chronicle. I'm your host, Alex Albisu. This is episode 79. Now, before we get started, I wanna remind you that you can visit thedadchronicle.com to subscribe to this podcast for free. Make sure that you don't miss a single episode. And today, I talked to Gary Fisher. If you're a member of the podcasting community known as the Tadpool, you likely know Gary as that guy who hogged the mic at Nerdtacular and referred to himself as Gary from Lantronics. Gary's story is a very interesting one. We talk about his experience parenting his daughter, who has Asperger's, and his surprising revelation that it may have been passed down from generation to generation.
1: She really struggled with uh, subjects that she really wasn't that interested in. And I had had the same problem when I was a kid.
0: We also talk about how you can tell if your child potentially has Asperger's and how to support them.
1: The stubbornness, the uh, the constant negotiation over everything.
0: And finally, we talk about what this community of podcasters means to Gary. As someone who has felt like a social outcast most his life.
1: Yeah, I've always been like the little bit weird one in whatever social group I'm in. I walked into my first Nerdtacular and it was like,
0: <sighs> I am home. Here's my conversation with Gary Fisher. Hello, Gary, from, formerly from Lantronics. How are you?
1: I'm doing great.
0: <laughs> I feel like yeah. if, if I if I introduce you, I have to say Gary from Lantronics, right? Like, that's well, that's like your thing.
1: Well, yeah, yeah, it was for a long, long time. <laughs> and uh, the, the the reason for that, uh, I think a lot of people don't realize why I was so obnoxious and not grabbing a mic every chance I got. Was Lantronics was sponsoring Nertacular, mm. and I felt that we were not getting as much coverage, as much mentions as, say, Doghouse Systems.
0: Hey, that's th- so plug it, man. That's so, totally fine. Yeah, um, yeah. that's and, really funny, uh, actually. And,
1: and so I made a conscious decision. I went to what, four, five Nertaculars. Um, but the, the last two that were sponsored by Landtronics, I made a conscious decision that if there was going to be an open mic, I was going to at least get the Landtronics name out there.
0: <laughs> I and, love
1: it. Uh, um, and so, uh, uh it, yeah, it was just, it, it was a marketing thing. That's and, funny, uh, man. I love it. But
0: and you and I actually had had the pleasure of meeting. Um, I had always, you know, heard your voice just on the other side of the internet uh, whenever you'd be involved in Frog Pants things, um, and then we had the pleasure of meeting in person in Vegas earlier this year. Um, so, so it's super awesome to have you here, and you've got a great story, and we're going to talk a little bit about um, you and your kids. Um, so, why don't we actually do this? For those people who don't know who you are, why don't you take a moment just to introduce yourself?
1: My full name is Gary Fisher. Um, I'm 70 years old. Uh, I have had a, a fairly long career in tech. I started off at uh, Hughes Aircraft Company in a, uh, a test lab, and uh, I worked like five different jobs at Hughes. I eventually became a, a Unix system administrator. And then I left Hughes and the last 22 years of my career. I did technical support for, uh, what was the company name again? Oh, Oh, yeah, Lantronics.
0: Oh, okay. I wasn't Uh, sure. I I forgot.
1: I'm a father, have one child, uh, still married to the same woman 39 years later. Um,
0: uh, And what's your child's name?
1: Oh, yeah. yeah, uh, It's my daughter, Amanda. And uh, she, she is now 31. And she's still living with us because of some health issues. Yeah. And, uh, so I think that's largely what we're going to talk about here. Yeah, yeah. We and now, current dive into that. Sure. No, go ahead. Uh, I was just going to say I'm currently uh, uh, working at Disneyland, uh, mostly to get health insurance for Debbie, my wife, uh, because uh, she turns sixty five next June, and mm. at that point she can go on Medicare. Very and cool I'll probably way. continue to work there for a while after that because yeah. I have a lot of fun over there. It is fun. And,
0: Are you, so so have you always been a big Disney nut? Has that always been a big... Because I grew up going to Disney World or some kind of Disney thing every single year of my life growing up.
1: Well, from the age of nine, uh I grew up about two and a half miles away from Disneyland. So we went to Disneyland wow. a lot because we would have uh, out-of-town guests come into town and stay with us, and they would... Always want to go to Disneyland, so we were there twice a summer when I was, you know, in my, uh, you know, tween and teen years. And I've never been a Disney fanatic, but uh, I, you know, I, I I think they have a really good product, and uh, um, I enjoy representing them.
0: Yeah, that's cool, man. I I love the, and you and I were just telling a story about something and a story that you like to tell in the parking lot when the uh, when the trams are are, are kind of falling behind. Do you, do you want to tell that story real quick? Because I, I loved it.
1: Oh uh, yeah. It's just, uh, the, the, the short version is, uh, I'll get the crowd's attention. I'll, I'll, you know, or call I, cast members never yell. We call out and sometimes we call out quite loudly, but anyway, I'll call out, uh, uh, you're probably wondering why I gathered you all together here today is to dispel a weird rumor that there might be a hyperspace wormhole between here and Disneyland. And some of these buses might wind up on the planet Alderaan. Uh, but if that happens, don't worry. alderon has been voted the safest planet in the galaxy. Uh, so you don't have anything to worry about. Yeah. And the rumors of this battle station, some people call it a death star that might be approaching. Those are, uh, you know what are the chances? So you're going to be fine. I hope uh, that <laughs> yeah. usually gets usually gets a laugh.
0: Yeah. The, so and for people who don't know anything about Star Wars, all the got blown up by the Death Star. Um, but it, that's I love that um, every single cast member I've ever interacted with that you know works for Disney comes up with fun little silly things like that they like truly uh dig into uh that role uh within uh, red disney so i think it's so cool to to hear you um doing the same it's just really fun um so why don't we do this let's jump into your situation um as a parent as a father and your in your family life so why don't we take it all the way back tell me about when you first became a father what was going through your mind when you found out that you were going to be a dad
1: well it had been quite a struggle uh we turned out to be an infertile couple so uh we uh uh it took us eight years uh, of of trying to uh to actually finally have a child and wow. uh, so she was we, we we were helicopter parents we you know she when she was a toddler, she was never more than about two and a half feet away from one or the other of us. And, uh, um, and she liked to wander, so <laughs> it uh, could be <laughs> challenging. Uh, yeah. She almost walked into an elevator one time <sighs> when I was watching her and, uh, I managed <sighs> to grab her just before she went in and I was thinking, oh, I would be a dead man.
0: Oh my God.
1: So, you uh, Freaking yeah, uh,
0: that's terrifying. Uh, what, what? Okay, so so let's um let's actually talk about that. I mean, when when you guys were really going through that, uh, that's a really hard thing to go through. Uh, the infertility piece. Um, how were you guys able to manage that? I mean, here you are, thirty nine years later. How were you guys able to manage that as a couple and survive through that?
1: Uh, communication. Uh, De- Debbie and I have always. Uh, there, there's never been a subject that was taboo, uh, between the two of us. And, uh, every now and then one of us will, uh, um, will we'll get, you know, we'll get stubborn or something like that. And, uh, and you know, we'll, we'll clam up and, uh, I've, Debbie's going to hate this, but I have found that with her, my best bet is to just. I'll let her go brood for a while. And then when she comes and blows up at me, I know that we're on the, uh, on the verge of uh, resolving the issue. And that doesn't (laughs) happen at all anymore. I'm talking early in the relationship here. Uh, and, uh, I think that's
0: important, right? Like, I mean, you grow as a couple, you grow as people. Um, and especially talking to a lot of folks, uh, who have had issues in, uh, in relationships for whatever reason, you know, an issue might be a, a strong word here, but I think that, um, you know, communication is so key. And especially with your situation, uh, I have talked to a lot of parents as well on this show who have had, uh, fertility issues as well. So, uh, communication is you're right. It's so key. So what, so when you guys found out that you were pregnant, what, how did that make you feel?
1: Uh, well, I was pretty excited and I was scared as hell. (laughs) It was, uh, because, uh, I felt, I mean, by that time I was 37 years old, but I still felt, well, even today, I feel barely more than a child myself. Maybe that's why I do so well at Disneyland. (laughs) Uh, and, uh, so yeah, but I was concerned that, uh, you know, I didn't know what to do with a baby. I was afraid I was going to break it. And, you know, pregnancy can be a challenge as well. Uh, and it was a summer pregnancy, so it was really, really hot out when Debbie was in the last few months. And so yeah, uh, she she was not in the greatest mood. Oh, God, I couldn't man, imagine.
0: And oh,
1: then, the... then it was two weeks late, so... Uh, oh, um, no. You know, by, by the time she was finally... We, we were actually scheduled uh, to go in on a Saturday morning so that Debbie could be induced. And she, uh, I was born two weeks early because my parents had taken a long walk on the beach. So the night before we were going to go in and have her induced, she and I went down to Manhattan beach and we took a long walk and she went into labor at three o'clock in the morning. So apparently it
0: worked. That's amazing. Now, um, one thing about your daughter that we talked a little bit about was that she has some special needs, um, can you tell us a little bit about that? And when you guys found out,
1: uh, yeah, uh, there's a, there's a couple of things going on. Uh, first off, uh, is, uh, do you know what Asperger's syndrome is? I do. Yeah. It's on yeah, it's on the autism spectrum. It's, uh, at the top of the autism spectrum. And, uh, so she, uh, I think she prefers to say that she is an Aspie rather than that she has Asperger's. Um, and uh um uh, it, it causes some behavioral issues she was struggling in school uh and she was a really really energetic kid uh she used to play on the swing set out in back of our house and she'd use it like a jungle gym i don't think she ever sw- swung on the swings and, uh, you know, she'd go diving across and just catch herself at the last minute. And I kept telling her, you're going to fall and hurt yourself. And she's, I haven't fallen yet. And i said, you're only going to fall once. <laughs> uh, uh, but then, you know, she, she really struggled with, uh, subjects that she really wasn't that interested in. And I had had the same problem when I was a kid. So, uh, I just, you know, my attitude was, ah, you know, she's just, she's got to tough it out. She's got to, you know, maybe she needs to get a, you know, a couple of D's to, uh, you know, wake her up. Because that's basically the attitude that my parents had. Uh, and, but my wife was saying, no, there's something not right here. Now, long story short, but when she was 18, we had been to every possible doctor we could you know, go to within our insurance and we paid out of pocket for a neuropsychologist to, uh, test her. And he informed her informed us that she had Asperger's syndrome, hmm. which that would have been very good information to have when she was say eight, yeah. but there's, uh, there's this attitude that girls don't get Asperger's. So, uh, hmm. which is part of actually women and girls are, treated differently by the medical industry than uh, than men yeah. uh, so uh
0: you know could i could i dive into something real quick with you so you know you you mentioned that it would have been nice to have that at the age of eight so if if you know not to say that you know it's so i i have friends and some family um that uh as you say are, are how, did, how did you put it are aspies like they're how do they call themselves?
1: That, yeah. Yeah. That's, that's just a short way of saying it cool. is, is, uh, is I'm, I'm an Aspie. I'm an Aspie. Yeah. Uh, I, I, am not diagnosed, but, uh, I, uh, I check off, uh, 18 of the 20 Aspie characteristics. Gotcha. So the reason I had similar problems, but nobody, you know, in 1965, nobody knew what Asperger's was or in 1955 either. So, uh, it, uh, yeah, so, so, I just have go ahead.
0: No, I was going to say, are you so so are you saying that you are on that spectrum or is it just your your daughter?
1: No, uh, my family being my family, uh uh-huh. Uh, when Amanda got her diagnosis, uh, everybody jumped on the internet and uh, we realized all all but one of us I won't say that person's name because they don't think they have Asperger's syndrome, but they are the Asby. Uh, uh, poster child anyway (laughs) uh but we 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 realized that it it runs in the family my my father uh my my mother uh to a certain extent and uh and two of my three siblings and and maybe the third one a little bit but, uh, you yeah. know, we all have a lot of Aspie characteristics, although none of us have actually been
0: diagnosed. Yeah. And that's kind of what I wanted to ask was how do you. So at eight years old, if you would have had this information, how would that have uh, been a, a defining characteristic or maybe an uh, an element that was taken into account as you approached parenting Amanda?
1: Well, if we had if we had known what the issue was, you uh, that uh, the, the stubbornness, the uh, the constant negotiation over everything, uh, um, the the difficulty in uh, in uh, in studying things she wasn't really all that interested in, which I, to tell you the truth, I still have problems with to this day, uh, and so does she. Uh, uh, we 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 could have there were ways we could have dealt with that. She had problems taking tests uh, because. It just the way her mind processes information, it takes her longer to get it out and get it down onto the page. I mean, she's super smart. She's smarter than I am. It just takes her a while to get things down onto the page. Sure. So if we had known about the Asperger's when she was younger, we could have uh, gotten some accommodations from the school. So mm. the, the way she finally got her, uh, her degree uh, I will proudly say she has a, a bachelor's in fine art in, uh, jewelry design and metalworking from, wow. uh, Cal- California, uh, uh, CS, uh, it's Cal state, Long Beach, Okay. California state university at Long Beach. Gotcha. And, uh, um, so, uh, but, but it was, they, they actually gave her some accommodations. So if there was a, a test she got extra time and she was allowed to just go into a quiet room with, with a proctor and take the test by herself rather than be in a room with all the distractions and all of that. Mm, and, okay. uh, and so none of that existed when I was a kid. There's a lot more awareness uh, that. The kids are different nowadays and that some of them need, you know, a little, uh, they need accommodations and that's, they're now available so if we'd known about it we could have maybe gotten some accommodations
0: yeah how was it different you know uh back in your day with uh with with these sort of situations you know you going through maybe some of that firsthand with uh potential learning disability or with um you know however you want to classify it how did they deal with it back then
1: they just told me i was lazy golly and i believed them um,
0: what did that do? Like what, how did that affect you?
1: Well, I, I know a lot of kids, uh, uh, would react that, well, I'm just stupid. And I, for whatever reason, I never felt like I was stupid. Actually, I thought I was a, probably way too much. I thought I was smarter than my teachers, uh, which probably did not were, though. well with the teachers. Huh?
0: <laughs> you probably were though. <laughs> so.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, when we we were taking standardized tests back then, and I would get 99th percentile on everything but math, mm-hmm. and the reason I'd be down into like the 85th or you know 75th percentile on math was that I refused to memorize the multiplication tables, and uh, I hated doing arithmetic, so I could actually do the the, the algebra problem, but then you needed to you know. Uh, do some arithmetic to get an actual numeric answer and that took too long and it's a time test so I wouldn't be able to get through Uh, Uh, so uh, so so yeah but uh, yeah everybody said I was lazy I remember my mother uh, when I got a little bit older she said that I'd be in the dining room doing my homework And they'd be leaving me alone because they wouldn't want to distract me. And they'd look in and I'd be waggling my pencil around. and I'd be looking up at the ceiling and I'd be daydreaming. And to me, it just felt like, you know, I went in there and sat there for 10 minutes. And then they say it's bedtime. Um, And I would have been in there an hour and a half. And it was just, I was so uninterested in what I was supposed to be doing that uh, my brain just wouldn't, wouldn't focus on it. Wow. Uh, and, and so I thought there was something wrong with me. Everybody else did too. Uh, and so, uh, it, it definitely impacted my self-esteem.
0: Yeah. How so? Um,
1: I, I had <laughs> very little self-esteem. Um, and, uh, uh, I, uh, you know, I was dealing from a very early age with depression and anxiety, but I didn't even realize that was what was going on until about the time I turned 50. Mm. So that, that's a whole nother story.
0: Well, you know, I, I think that some of it is, is really tied together, Gary, because if you think about what uh, the messaging was to you at a young age, there saying, Hey, you, uh, you need to just focus up. There's, um, you know, uh, without realizing that, Hey, this is a lot of, this is out of Gary's control and there's some other things happening there. Um, also it sounds like you have the right mentality coming into your parenting experience based on what you experienced as a child on, Hey, this is how you deal with it. Uh, cause you have firsthand kind of experience with it and you're able to kind of reflect that for Amanda, which is beautiful. Um, but you know, I think that the, that the social anxiety and, and actually I, we can talk a little bit about your podcast a little bit later cause I'm, I'm interested in having people listen to it. Um, but I, I want to think through like are you um how have you been able to manage that anxiety you know here you are 40 50 years later um from you know your adolescence and young adulthood how have you been able to uh deal with some of that anxiety in a healthy way
1: well basically for the first 50 years of my life i didn't deal with it in a very healthy way at all um and especially for the first, uh, 25 years or so. Um, I was just, I was a loner. Um, I had a few acquaintances I hung out with. Uh, it, um, it was just, uh, um, I just wanted to be left alone and I didn't really want to interact with other people. I would just hide in my, room when I was a kid and then later on my apartment when I was out of the house and uh read science fiction books and uh listen to music and I would I would try dating some women that uh, they always broke up with me I never understood why looking back I understand why cuz I was a jerk but uh yeah you know, I just didn't know how to uh, to deal with uh with people mm-hmm. Uh, and then, uh, I met a delightful young woman, uh, named Debbie, uh, when I was 30 and, uh, didn't want to let her go. So we got married about eight months later. Oh, wow. And, uh, and I'm still amazed that given, I mean, I, I was coming out of my shell by that time. I had done this thing called the S training, uh, which, uh, kind of woke me up and, uh, um, and I was in an inclusive uh, organization that uh, you know they were helping. Was, it was helping me you know learn some social skills, and then but I was I was still pretty much uh, a Neanderthal when Debbie met me. Somehow or other, she saw something in me, and she's probably the best life coach I've ever had. Oh, that's beautiful.
0: And here you are, you're still together. And that's, that's beautiful, man. I think that, you know, what. Oh, oh no, go ahead. Go ahead. Finish your uh, thought.
1: Oh, I was, I was just going to say, uh, the, the concept of breaking up has never e- occurred to either one of us. I mean, we've gone through some difficult times, but the solution of breaking up is not anything that we've ever allowed to. It, it wasn't anything we even decided. It just isn't it, not something we even think about.
0: Yeah. That's great. Um, you know, the, this sense of isolation, uh, this is coming at an interesting time. You know, in, in the Dad Chronicle community, I posted something about, you know, we got school kicking off. Um, and there's this picture going around of this kid sitting alone at a cafeteria table in, uh, in high school. And they were saying, parents, teacher kids to invite that, you know, loner kid to their table and, and you know, make friends. I, you know, me, I've gone through a little bit of that myself when I was in high school, um, where, you know, you're just kind of off on your own page a little bit and, uh, you know, every once in a while you just be sitting by yourself and it's kind of lonely. Um, I can only imagine what that's like in, in more extreme circumstances. Um, what are some ways that, that you feel like people could be more inclusive, uh, for, for folks who may come off as socially awkward or, or, outcasts in a in more of a traditional sense
1: um well in high school it's tough because uh in, in high school everybody has this mirror in front of their face and that that's all that you know it's just me 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 all the time and if they think about other people at all in general uh it's to worry that they're being judged by other people at least that's the way it was for me uh, but uh but yeah if you if you know somebody that's just a little bit off uh that uh you, you can't really get a read on them um or if you know if somebody who maybe tries to tries to strike up a conversation with you but obviously doesn't really know how to make small talk you know make, make a little extra effort uh cuz uh, they're they're trying to reach out usually yeah or that was the, that was the way it is in my case and uh uh but, yeah I, I i don't think there's any is it panacea or panacea i don't know any but there's uh you know no single way to go yeah uh, just uh,
0: i think just, just striking up that conversation that's so important and that's what i i found you know, because I had some friends in high school that were a little socially awkward. And, and I've, always, I've always been the type of person where I just bring people into the fold, man. Like, I don't care who you are, as long as you're not a jerk. Like, come on over, have a drink with me, sit down, let's talk. Like, it doesn't matter. And um, I've always found that that is just a good way to be to people, you know, whoever you are, no matter what background, whatever your situation is. Uh, that welcoming environment is so important. And, you know, like thinking about your daughter... Um, because your daughter and I are about the same age, uh, and, and I know what it's like to grow up in the time that we grew up. Did your daughter experience some of that uh, maybe social outcast syndrome uh, in, in her time in high school?
1: I uh, Well, she actually, by the time she got into high school, she was being homeschooled just because uh, she, she made it all the way through middle school, but uh, we live... In the district of one of the biggest high schools in the country, mm. and uh, it was just too overwhelming. She she went there for five days, and it was just too overwhelming for her. So Debbie pulled her out, and uh, uh, we we put her in uh, independent study for a long time. Mm. And uh, there was uh, a you know, a, con- a continuation school. You, you know what a continuation school is?
0: I, no, I'm not yeah. familiar, actually.
1: Okay, so if uh, if you get expelled from high school, or uh, you know for some reason um, you you can't continue to go to the school that uh, that you started at, they have these continuation schools. Uh, it used to be the uh, the, the pregnant girls schools, <laughs> kind of thing. Okay, gotcha. Uh, uh, and uh, and uh, yeah, it's it's basically a school full of what are considered troublemakers or, you know, troubled kids one way or another. Um, And, uh, but right next, next is continuation school, which isn't far away from us. There was a little trailer and that was the um, independent uh, study trailer. So she'd go over there every now and then she'd get some assignments and there was a teacher that would check in on her once a month and she did, she did great. Uh, you know she'd get everything done and uh he he told us that she of all his continuing education students that were studying at home she was his favorite because he you know she did all the work whereas a lot of them just blew it off yeah uh, so, so that, was after that,
0: uh, real quick on her, that on that subject so I didn't ever really take that into consideration finding a completely different uh, learning environment for your kids when they're in that sort of position. Um, so how do you go about like kicking that off with whatever school system? Like if I'm thinking about parents who are listening to this right now and they're like, Oh my God, my kid would be, this would be great for my kid because, you know, perhaps they're resonating a bit with, uh, with your daughter's story. How do they start that engagement with their school system to look into something similar for their kid?
1: Yeah. Well, I, I don't know the, the full details cause I was working full time and, and Deb was a full time mom. So Deb took care of all of that, but, uh, you know, contact your school district and find out if they have, uh, some kind of independent study program. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, uh, I imagine most of them do. I, I'm in imagine. California and, uh, I, I know that I've, over over my lifetime here, I have heard of people in independent study. I didn't really even know what it was until Amanda actually started doing it. But uh, yeah,
0: okay, no, that's it. yeah, that, it's fascinating. Um, you know, I, I want to talk uh, a little bit more about how community and uh, inclusivity is really powerful uh, for for people. Uh, you know, in your daughter's situation, and even certainly in your situation uh, to an extent. Uh, what has the frog pants community done for you, you know, personally, because I I think about for me, for instance, there's this immediate sense of community with a lot of these people. Actually, I would say really everybody in that community going to Vegas for the first time and meeting all these people for the first time. Uh, these podcasters that I've listened to for years, people that I've encountered in chat rooms, over the years that, uh, you know, just these people are amazing. And I, I recently, um, you know, uh, or it's, it, it will be released, I think one of the ANTP interviews, you know, I talk about like, these are my people, like they're just really good people. What has that done for you, um, with your own social anxiety and how has that been a benefit?
1: Well, I, I finally found my people, uh, yeah, you know, I've always been like the little bit weird one in whatever social group I'm in, and uh, I, I walked into my first Nerdtacular, and it was like, you know, it was like, oh, mm-hmm. I am home, and I mean, it's such a diverse group. You've got, uh, you've got, I, I am not a gamer but almost everybody is in there and still I'm, you know, I'm included because I like weird movies. I, uh, um, uh, I, I can't even explain it because the, uh, uh, the Venn diagram of my interests and the interest of most of the people in the tadpole community doesn't really overlap that well, but we're all geeks. Yeah. Uh, uh, to, to one extent or another. So, uh, and you know, we, we, we tend to watch the same TV programs in general. Uh, and uh, so we, we always have things to talk about. And uh, as I said, I love the diversity. I, I really ha- knew nothing about uh, the broad range of, uh, uh, gender, you know, uh, possibilities until I got involved in the tad pool. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, I, my my daughter and her her friends are uh, they're trying to make me the most woke seventy year old on the planet
0: <laughs> <So>. <laughs> I love that you just used that <laughs> word that is great <laughs> um that no that I would say it's very true. The frog pants community has been truly amazing and and the people in there are just you know they're they're incredible yeah and what has you know let's segue a little bit into your own podcast. What have podcasts? done for you um that have made you so interested in them like what what drew you to a lot of like scott's work and brian's work and and, you know all of us here in the in the frog pants community
1: well i I always kid around that my gateway drug in the frog pants community was current geek and it was the the first current geek it was just tom and uh, scott yeah um and you know talking about geeky stuff and uh i just uh, iTunes had recommended it as a podcast I might be interested in because all the podcasts I'd been listening to up to that point were comedy or music related, mm-hmm. but I thought, well, this sounds interesting. And I immediately, I've, I've had a man crush on Tom Merritt, uh, since about 2009.
0: Oh, it's hard not to have um, a man crush on Tom Merritt. He's the man.
1: That's great. Yes. Uh, and, uh, uh, and and Scott, you know, there is no better person in the world than Scott. Yeah. So, uh, uh, what was the question?
0: <laughs> <laughs> what have what have podcasts really done for you? Like, you know, um, uh, wh- why do you have such a passion for you know listening to them and and part of this frog as, as sort of member of this frog pants community.
1: Well, by, by listening to podcasts, I get a lot of different points of view. So I, uh, you know, I enjoy, um, the morning stream, um, and, uh, especially Tuesdays when, uh, when Jerry comes on, uh, because he definitely has a unique point of view on the world. Oh, yeah. Um, and then, uh, uh, what's Patrick Beige's podcast? Um,
0: Oh, like the Phileas Club. Or... Oh, oh, okay. The,
1: yeah, so so he he's got a podcast called the Phileas Club where he he brings in people literally from all over the world and they discuss the news from a point of view. I mean, every now and then, one of the people he brings in is American, but they're usually from like Saudi Arabia or India or uh, uh, you know pl- places that I'm really not that familiar with. And it's interesting to hear their their take on world politics right. and just you know stuff that's going on in the world. Uh, so I, uh, and then, yeah, it's just, it, it's not your prepackaged uh, NBC nightly news on TV, um, that, uh, you know, they spend like a maximum of 90 seconds on any particular, uh, issue. And, uh, I just, I just like the diversity of, uh, worldviews. Sure. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I would agree. I think that that's, that's such a powerful thing that podcasts have is that people have your average Joe can really jump in and provide, have a voice on a topic and, uh, you know, the, the world can listen to it. Anybody in the world can listen to it. That's such a cool, empowering thing. And, you know, you've kind of taken on your own little project here. Do you want to, you want to talk about because, and and just to kind of preface it, Uh, I I feel like, you know, I I, watching your journey through this, knowing that we had a conversation in Vegas when we first met and you and me and Tom Merritt were standing there and Tom and I were just like, just do it, Gary, just do it. (laughs) Like, so tell us about your podcast because I'm very proud of you for, for taking it off the ground.
1: Well, actually, before we do that, I just want to take a quick step back because this wound up being a lot more about me than my daughter, which was not what I. So, along with the Asperger syndrome, my daughter also has chronic fatigue, and they're calling it fibromyalgia. Uh, fibromyalgia is the diagnosis of last resort. So, I'm just incredibly proud of her, everything she's managed to do when she has to manage her energy so carefully. And and also has to deal with the social aspects of, of her uh Asperger's. So I, I just wanted to get that. No, in
0: that's there. totally fine. Thanks for mentioning that. Yeah, no, I you know, yeah. I think I and, and on that note, you know, just about this being about you versus your daughter, I think that what what um a lot of things to keep in mind just about our own parenting experiences is that a lot of what we go through as children, and this has just been my experience coming into having conversations with a bunch of different parents, as well as my own experiences, uh, you know, growing up, uh, a lot of that has so much to do with the stories that unfold, you know, for our kids and how we can better support them. Um, so it it really is hearing your story and and what you've gone through up to, you know, this point, as well as what your daughter is, is currently experiencing in her life. Um, you know, I, I hope, you know, like you should be so proud of being such a great supporting dad of your daughter. Like that's, it's such a cool thing, Gary.
1: Well, and I'm incredibly proud of her as well. She's working part-time for a, uh, for a jeweler at the moment. Yeah. And, uh, so anyway, uh, so, so back to my podcast, uh, it's called adventures and social anxiety. Uh, it's not the podcast I originally thought I was going to do, but, uh, but you and Tom, when we met in the hallway in the Plaza hotel there, uh, encouraged me, uh, in Las Vegas, to just record something and publish it uh, because I, I wanted it to be perfect. I wanted, you know, music. I wanted, you know, all, all, to do all kinds of production. I figured I needed more equipment than I had. And Tom said, no, just record something and publish it. So uh, I just recorded a quick little story uh, about a couple of things that had happened at the Vegas get together. Um, and I needed a title for it, so I just called it Adventures in Social Anxiety. Uh, and then some friends, one friend in particular said, you don't seem to be a particularly anxious person, so we'd like to hear your story. So me personally, I don't know how interesting it is, but, uh, I'm, uh, I'm telling my life story, uh, from the point of view of, uh, anxiety and depression, Um, and, uh, um, hopefully somebody might be, might find it helpful. Uh, somebody might be in kind of a similar situation and, uh, maybe I can be an example of, you know, somebody who's managed to work through it. I'm actually going to transition it now. I'm in the process of, uh, publishing in four parts, an interview that Kathy Hopkins did with me, uh, back in 2013 well, I figure out where I'm going to go, but it's going to be more about uh, maybe a story from my past and then a little update on what's going on now. And I'm thinking maybe an inspirational quote, but I'm going to try and keep it between 10 and 20 minutes.
0: Good. No, I think that's great, man. You, putting your story out there is is a great thing to do. Um, uh, I am, I'm very happy to hear that you are um, you know, pursuing this because something as somebody who's like an avid podcast listener, you know, you're you taking that next step to kind of think about how do you get creative in your own, right and still tell a story that is really important, this idea of destigmatizing anxiety, um, you know, promoting a positive mental health um, uh, sort of situation that that that's all very important. People oftentimes see, Uh, mental health as sort of taboo to talk about. I I, I can't disagree more with that. I think it's so important that people openly talk about what they're experiencing. Um, Otherwise, you know, it's kind of like what you're talking about. You isolate yourself. That's not good for you. That's not good for anybody around you that loves you. Um, So uh, I I really commend you on that. That's a a very brave thing to do, Gary.
1: Uh, Well, I don't see it as particularly brave. Maybe a little conceited, but,
0: uh, <laughs> I think it's brave. brave.
1: Okay. Uh, so, uh, so yeah, that's, that's where it is. Uh, it's adventures in social anxiety. Uh, easiest place to find it is on Spotify. Cause I publish it through anchor.fm, uh, which is owned by Spotify. Yeah. Uh, it hasn't shown up on Apple podcasts yet, but I always, in the show links, I put an RSS link that you can add it to any podcatcher that you have. Beautiful.
0: Good, good. Well, um, you know, I always like to end the show with sort of some some words of wisdom. Um, as somebody who has um, kind of experienced fatherhood uh, for, from the perspective of a parent, somebody who has some special needs, what sort of words of wisdom would you provide another parent, perhaps listening to this, who is in a similar boat and needs some you know, could, could use some, some words of encouragement. What would you say to him?
1: Just stop and take a deep breath every now and then. If, if, if things are getting out of hand, um, uh, you know, I, 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 I don't consider myself to be particularly wise. so I don't have any, you know, canned words of wisdom, but, uh, but just, uh, if, if you realize that you're going around, I, I call it the carousel. If you're in an argument with your child or somebody else in your life where, okay, I've seen that point come around like four times now, maybe do something to break it up. Tell a joke. Uh, You know, if, uh, if the atmosphere is really toxic, leave the room, get out of the house and, you know, come back later and and pick it back up. Uh, Because uh, if uh, everybody's in a high emotional state, nothing's going to get done
0: yeah that sounded wise to me gary okay. So i think you should give yourself a little more credit than that i think that's good um gary and where can people where can people like reach you if they wanted to uh find you on social media or, or anything else
1: well on uh most social media if you search for senior geek 49 all one word uh you'll find me um uh on reddit that one wasn't available so it's senior geek 1949 uh but i'm not on reddit that much so it doesn't matter uh but uh but yeah uh it it, as i say name is gary fisher i live in lake forest california so you can usually find me pretty pretty easily
0: beautiful well no thank you very much for sharing your story thanks for being a great dad and uh, again, um, thank you for taking time on a on a Saturday to uh, to do this. This was a lot of fun, Gary, thank you.
1: Oh, well, it was a lot of fun, uh, thank you.
0: Special thanks again to our guest, Gary Fisher. Gary is such a wonderful human being. And when we take a moment to appreciate what others go through and show compassion and welcome people into our lives, we have an opportunity to really get to know people like Gary. I am so happy to have gotten to know Gary at uh, the TMS Vegas meetup. Um, He has become a friend and I am happy to call him a friend. So thank you again, Gary, for being on the show. If you enjoyed what you listened to today, give us a five-star rating on iTunes and consider supporting the show. If you head over to thedadchronicle.com, there's a link to become a patron. We have a lot of really awesome rewards for patrons. So check that out. And if you'd like to chime in on the conversation, email thedadchroniclepodcast at gmail.com. And if you'd like to follow me on social media, you can find me at AlexAlbisu and all the other shows I do over at InCastMediaNetwork.com. Thanks for listening. I'll see you next time. If you like this show, check out more great content at InCastMediaNetwork.com.